Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens at Faith School? My spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, whatever you're facing today, don't give up, don't quit, don't say there's no way, there's no how. Uh, maybe to you, but with God, there is a way. He always, the Bible said, he, he won't allow you to be uh, tested or tempted above what you're able, able to resist, able to overcome, but will provide a way of escape. Uh, there's always a way out. The Bible said so. Now, you may not be able to see it, but he knows it. And if you look to him, he'll show you where it is. And looking to him and expecting to find that answer, that's faith. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the, the classroom, and let's get answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for uh, the, the teaching and guiding of your spirit into all truth, asking for answers and help for right now. And we'll give you the praise and thanks for every good thing that happens. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look with me, please, again in our scripture, uh, Matthew 8 and Luke 7, as we continue in our study on faith for healing. We're taking these individual cases of healing that you find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one by one. And we're down to number six now, the healing of the centurion's servant. And uh, we read about this in Matthew 8 from the Phillips translation. Verse 1, large crowds followed him when he came down from the hillside. There was a leper who came and knelt in front of him. Sir, he said, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and placed it on the leper, saying, of course I want to. Be clean. And at once he was cleared of the leprosy. Verse 5, then as he was coming into Capernaum, a centurion approached, Sir, he implored him, my servant is in bed at home paralyzed and in dreadful pain. I will come and heal him, said Jesus to him. Sir, replied the centurion, I'm not important enough for you to come under my roof. Just give the order, please and my servant will recover. I'm a man under authority myself, and I have soldiers under me. And I can say to one man, go, and I know he'll go. Or I can say, come here to another, and I know he'll come. Or I can say to my slave, do this, and he'll always do it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. Believe me, he said to those who were following him, I have never found faith like this, even in Israel. 
I tell you that many people will come from the east and west and sit at my table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But those who should have belonged to the kingdom will be banished to the darkness outside where there will be tears and bitter regret. Then he said to the centurion, go home now and everything will happen as you have believed it will. And his servant was healed at that actual moment. Why does the Lord have this recorded? So we could see the same kind of results today. So we could experience similar healings, similar deliverances. But in order to get what this man got, we have to have faith like he had. What Jesus called great faith. And it is not beyond you to have the highest kind, highest level, I should say, of faith. Say it out loud, it's not beyond me. To have the highest level, the greatest faith. Faith is a choice. When you hear people say, you know, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. That's not true. They're not saying it right. They could believe it if they would choose to. By nature of what faith is, faith is not based on what you see, what you experience, what you understand. Believing is a choice. You either believe it or you don't. (laughs) You choose to believe it or you choose not to. Well, when it comes to God, if you're smart, you'll choose to believe Him. Right? It's all right to question everything else. (laughs) And even be skeptical about other people and everything else. You're not supposed to just blindly, completely believe anything and everything anybody tells you. That's not love. People confuse love and faith. They say, well, if you love me, you have to trust me. Said who? You know, and if you've been lying to me, I'd be a fool to trust you. And I can love you, but not believe you. Right? But with God, he has never lied to us. And he never will. It's impossible for him to lie. And so you have no reason to ever question him or doubt him. When he tells you something, you should choose to completely believe it without delay. Right? Even without examination. If he said it, it's true. It's right. Right? If he said he'd do it, you can count on it. You can count on it. You don't want to question that. You want to quickly and completely believe what God says. Well, we see that uh, we're looking to understand how this man had what Jesus called great faith. And one of the things you'll see is that he was a man of humility. And even though he, he's a man who had seen violence, he, you know, uh, you didn't come up through the ranks and become an officer in the Roman, uh, Roman military by being weak or by being undisciplined. I mean, he, he has achieved this rank. He's proved himself on the battlefield. And Roman officers, they led from the front. I mean, it wasn't just talk. And so, uh, but, and yet, think about this. He loves God's people. <laughs> he loves God. He loves the nation that his country is occupying. So much so, he built them a synagogue, a place to come and, and worship 
out of his personal funds. Don't you find this interesting and, and amazing? And what, what you will see in this passage, what Jesus just said right here, he said, many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom, what does that mean? Well, this refers to Israel, and this refers to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who should be a part of what God is doing. It belong, it's their uh, heritage, it's their natural inheritance, but what he's saying is, you don't find faith where you think you would, right? These people, I mean, he, uh, you would think the doctors of the law and, and even the Pharisees who were the most conservative bunch where the word was concerned, you'd think you'd find some great faith there, but you didn't. You find uh, they, they actually didn't like Jesus. They found fault with him. They're always trying to find something to accuse him. That's where you should have found faith. People who studied the word all the time, right? And yet you didn't find faith in these preachers, in these scholars, in these priests. You found faith in a soldier, a military man. He not spending time in the seminary. He's been spending time on drills. He's, right? He's not. He's been traveling to uh, campaigns and, and fighting and surviving and, uh, you know, killing and not being killed. And, uh, and yet Jesus stopped when this man said what he did and he turned around to the crowd. The scripture, the scripture said he turned all the way around to the crowd. And he said, I haven't seen faith like this in the whole country of Israel. Well, that includes his team. Right, that includes right the twelve, the seventy that he appointed. That includes all the priests, right? That include all the Bible scholars, the doctors of divinity. Includes everybody. He said, "I hadn't seen faith like this anywhere in Israel." And this is God's covenant people, nowhere. Well, this is a remarkable thing. This is something that should really get our interest, shouldn't it? This is something that we should think, okay, what makes this guy having such great faith? Well, he tells us. That's what the Spirit of God chose these specific parts. What does he say? He does not think healing is owed to him because of who he is or what he has done. Can you see this? Why? Because all the blessings of God are grace. Grace, all of them, not one exception. If it is grace, it's a free gift. If it's a gift, you didn't earn it. If you earned it, then you deserve it. It's pay, it's recompense for what you did, and it's not a gift. Romans actually says this, if it's work, then it's not grace. <laughs> if it's grace, then it's not work. Elsewise, work's not work. Uh, it, it can't be, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be pay if it's a gift. If it's a gift, it can't be pay. 
Why is it important to say that? I've had people talk to me and say, I don't understand it. You know, I've been a good Christian for 40 years and, and I have served in the church and, and I tithe and I just don't know why the Lord won't heal me. What does one have to do with the other? Now, people think it does. Well, I've been a good Christian. Why won't God heal me? Well, one of the big reasons is because he already has. He can't answer a prayer to do something that he's already done. And the thing is, you can't imagine that because of who I am and what I've done. I mean, the centurion could have come across like, you know, man, I spent a lot of money on that synagogue. Right? I had to pull strings. I had to get permission to do all that, you know. And, uh, you know, maybe you could do something for me. Hmm? No, no, no. You don't make deals uh, like this. That's not grace. It's already been bought. It's already been paid for. It's already been accomplished. It's already been given. All that remains for us is to humble ourselves. Are you listening? How many of you got to humble yourself to receive something you don't deserve, you didn't earn, and you can't pay back? Right? See, that, that's rough on pride, isn't it? I, I, I've seen people that, that have refused gifts like, oh, I don't need charity. We're not talking about charity. The Lord dealt with me to sow it to you. No, I, I, can't, I can't receive that. I can't be beholding to you. What do you mean beholding? Well, I don't feel like I owe you. It's not a loan. It's a gift. See, what's going on there? Pride. Pride. See, what a contrast this is with what happened with Naaman back over in 2 Kings 5, I think it is. Um, you remember Naaman the Syrian was a commander-in-chief of the military, another military man. He was actually, you know, uh, he's the top of the military in his whole country. And the scripture said he was a courageous man, a man of valor, a man of honor, but he was a leper. He had an incurable disease. And they conquered a, a town and wound up with a Jewish young girl as a servant. And she told him when she noticed that he was sick, uh, she said, there's a prophet in Israel could get you healed. Well, man, he's so desperate. He wants to find out about this. And so he goes to his commander in chief, the king of the country, tells him he wants this. The king, they, he, this man must have uh, connections. I mean, he can go straight to the king. And the king sends to the king of Israel, Naaman, with letters and with gifts and says, I've sent to you, you know, my commander in chief so that you can get him healed of his leprosy. Notice the centurion did not go through government channels because he knew that they're just because you're something in this world, that doesn't make you anything with God. Do you hear that class? This is something, something a lot of people have not understood. Uh, you see uh, wealthy people, you'll see uh, celebrities, you'll see uh, sports figures that are highly successful uh, come to churches or groups and they expect special treatment and they expect to be uh, used or do whatever basically they want to do and that should not be. 
I understand if somebody's going to be mobbed by a crowd, you know, that you can try to help them get in, get out without that. But other than that, you don't just give them a place in the church. You don't put them on the platform. Are y'all with me? Because they're this or they're that. Because being something big in the world makes you nothing in the kingdom of God. Do y'all hear this, friends? Now, why am I talking about this? Because if you don't know that and you don't operate that way, you will not operate in great faith. You can't. Your pride's in the way. You think God owes you something because of who you are. Man, that's never going to work. Never going to work. And so the king of Israel, he was just beside himself. He said, would you look how this guy's trying to start a war? Who does he think I am? God? I can't heal this man. And the prophet, the Lord spoke to him and said, send to the king, tell him, send him over here. <laughs> and he'll know there's a prophet, there's a God in Israel. So he did. But you remember what happened? The prophet didn't even go meet Naaman. And it made him so mad. He sent his servant to him. And told him to go dip in the river. Oh, it made Naaman so mad. Why? He's there with his entourage. He's commander in chief of the whole military of the nation. He's somebody. Not with God. <laughs> Can you see that? I mean, being the biggest thing on the planet naturally makes you nothing with God. He's no respecter of persons. A lot of people don't, don't believe that, but it's true. Anyway, he, he rushed off in a huff and his, his assistant and servant had to talk him into it. Said, look, let's, let's, we're here. Let's go do it. And he did, came clean. But he had, can you see, he had to humble himself. Why would God tell the prophet, don't even go see him. Don't even speak to him personally. Why? Because in order to have faith, you've got to humble yourself. And acknowledge you can't heal yourself. You can't fix it. Not only that, you don't deserve any of it. Hmm? Now, sometimes people know that's the right answer in church. But when you start talking to them, they think because I've done this and because of who I am and I should receive special treatment. Not with God. Not with God. Hear how great faith talks. No, Lord, no. I, I'm not somebody so important that you should come to my house. No. In fact, that's why I, I didn't think I should come to you myself. Why? He's a soldier. He's thinking, I'm not, I'm not a spiritual man. I'm not a minister. I'm not a theologian. Uh, I'm a soldier. And that's why he asked the elders of the Jews to come. Why? He didn't go to the natural government. He went to the spiritual Come on, can you see that? See, when he says, I'm a man under authority, and I got people under me, that's, that's the whole emphasis of this healing. And so what he did, this is how the centurion must have seen it. In his own life, he saw Caesar, uh, his superiors, him, <laughs> the soldiers under him. There's a rank. Come on, can you see that? There's a rank. And when he heard about Jesus, the scripture said, he heard that Jesus is commanding spirits and they come out. 
he heard that Jesus is speaking to lepers and they're healed. I mean, that happened just a few verses right before that. Could have been one of the ones he heard about, right? He, he's hearing. And so just in, in simplicity, he goes, well, he must have authority, right? He's telling them what to do and they're obeying. So in his mind, there was God. There was Jesus. There were the elders of the Jews, the spiritual ones. And so that's why he didn't presume he could go. He didn't see himself as having spiritual authority. But he asked them, would you go, the spiritual elders? And they did. Man, they came and they pled his case. And then Jesus said, I'll come. And when he came, that's what he hears. He says, no, no, you don't need to come to my house. That's us far enough. And, And I'm not thinking you owe me anything. But if you'll just give the command. Oh, somebody say, speak the word only. Just give the command. See, he, he lives by orders. He, he operates by orders. And he, what does he want? He wants an order <laughs> from somebody that can give one. Hmm? Not, not naturally, spiritually. Are spiritual things real, class? Uh, there's a dimension that you cannot see, but it's real. It's the realm of spirits. It's the realm of angels and evil spirits. It's the realm of the source of life and the energy behind decay and death. Now think about this. We don't know exactly what was wrong with this servant, but if you had examined him today, there would, have been, there would have been a diagnosis that involved, in our society, Latin names or, right, some kind of names. Well, he has this, and he has degenerative of this, and he has stage four this, or whatever it was. He was paralyzed. He was in terrible pain. Uh, he was bed fast. He couldn't move. And uh, yet, just like that, all of that has changed. Woo. All of, is that right? When, when the Lord, when he said, Lord, if you just speak the word, my servant shall be healed. Oh, glory to God. Don't you like that? Yes. Not might be, could be, we'll see. If you'll speak the word, my servant shall be healed. And then Jesus marveled and he talked about how, what great faith that was. Then he turned around and said, be it unto you as you've believed. According to your faith, be it unto you. Well, that's the order. <laughs> I said, that's the order. And so be it. Be it done. Oh, hallelujah. That word be, it's a little word. B-E. Oh, but it's a big word because that's how God created everything you see. Light. Be, be it unto you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Go your way as you have believed, so be it done to you. We see, if you read Luke's account, the, um, when the elders, or the friends rather, got back, they found the boy, servant boy, perfectly well, completely healed. What happened? Because there was something definitely wrong with him. Right? You could have, 
You could have seen it in examination. You could have seen it under the microscope. You could have, it had names if you want to name them. But does that matter the most? This is something we really need mind renewal in. Because in our generation, we know a little more about science. And we know a little bit more about disease. We know a little bit more about problems. And you can feed on that so much until you're too aware of that and not aware of the spiritual, not aware of how quickly and how completely the spiritual can change the natural. Oh, come on, say it out loud. The spiritual can change the natural. Oh, hallelujah. Behind the natural are spiritual forces. Some things at work, causing something good, causing something evil. We're to resist every bad thing. We're to resist every evil thing. Everything that steals and kills and destroys, we're never to accept it. We're never to yield to it and receive it. We're to always resist it. But when it comes to good and perfect gift and light and life, we are to believe it. And we are to lay hold. Everybody say lay hold. Lay that hold. means you believe, you receive it, you reach out and grasp it. You reach out and embrace it and take it. You take it, you lay hold of it with the hands of faith, by faith. And you don't let anything wrestle it away from you. And so we see the spiritual changing the natural so quickly and all it took was a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. One word. One order. One command. Everybody say the word of the Lord. The word, the word of the Lord. In any situation you find yourself in, no matter how impossible it may seem, that's the thing you want to go after. You want to say, Lord, what's the word? Right? I'm seeking you for the, your word to me about this situation. What's the word? What's the answer? You need to show up. You need to stand at attention. You, you need to say permission for this, permission for that, sir. And then, and then you need to expect the order. You need to have both ears sharp. Is that right? For the order. And he, if you listen, he'll tell you. Believe this. Say this. Do this. And if you receive that, and act on it, that's when the power manifests. That's when the power manifests. You don't try to make him do it your way. You don't try to make it work the same way it did last time. Every day is a new day. Every, even though the situation might look similar on the outside, it could be radically different in spirit. And you wouldn't know that and see that. That's why we must hear from him. Jesus' mother said the great simple Key to miracles. Whatever he says to you, do it. I'm going to think that's some of the best advice you'll ever get in your life. Whatever he says to you, do it. And that's when the first miracle happened, when the water turned to wine. Hallelujah. And our time's up again. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world. By faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more we need to see out of this. Until next time, we love you. We believe God with you. You are an overcomer. Hallelujah. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.